today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, 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 what do you, what, what do these people all have in common? Can you think of anything? What do you think? What do you think? They're all, they're all. There, there's, there, nothing there's nothing in common. Actually, actually, these are actually, these are actually not, even not even people. This is, this artificial, is artificial intelligence, intelligence that, that created these people. There's a website called thispersondoesnotexist.com that was pointed out to me yesterday. And this person, these people, you go on that website and you push refresh, it gives you a different picture every time of someone who does not exist. It's just a made-up face. That's creepy. <laughs> That's creepy. But that, that it, it makes you wonder, what are, what, are, what are they able to do with things that look so real? Somebody can put that on a Facebook profile and try to get money from you and, 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 and manipulate you. The, the amount of stuff, it's... We are, we are in a time with that, that, that I heard referred to as there's truth fatigue because there's, because so, there's much so much untruth going on, going on out there. Out there. And, 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 you know, what people can do with things that are not true. The truth, the truth is, is not what it seems, seems anymore. It's, it's, it, it's, becoming it's becoming more and more, and more difficult to discern what is truth and, and what is not. We all screen, we all screen our, our phone calls because, because whenever, whenever it rings, you're wondering, you're wondering who, is who is this person? What do they, what want, do they from want from me? You know, you know, unless it has the name of the person that you know. I've gotten phone calls and I got a call from somebody recently. Their name came on my phone as if I knew them and they were in my contact list. And then I and sent, then I sent a, a, they or they sent me a text. And I said, and I said who is this and what, do you, and what need? do you need? And it was like, oh, and it was I'm, like, sorry, oh I'm sorry, you know, something. You know, something I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how, do how do I know this person? I don't know who this person is. It is, it is the oddest thing you never know. And as a result of this, people are having a hard time trusting anyone. Because you don't know what truth is. There's, there's, there's great difficult in this truth. You know, John is giving this attention uh, of this trial, and, and a trial is meant uh, for one main reason, and that is to find truth. Isn't that what most trials are for, right? Now, you hear of people, even in the news, it's pretty regular. You hear, you know, been in the, been in the, in, in, uh, for, for 10 years in prison or 15 or 18 years and, or longer and, and DNA evidence comes out and, and they're, they're completely exonerated. They were falsely accused and stuck in prison and, and their lives were changed forever and now they're an entire generation removed and they get released. Oh, oh sorry about that. You wonder what they get in return. You know, it's, it's like, what do you give them a pat on the back and say, I'm so sorry for those 18 years of your life you lost. Uh, good luck to you. But it was because a lie put him there. So what's what's true? Here John is he, he's come before he's talking about Jesus coming before Pilate. And Pilate has this great apathy toward Jesus and toward the Jews. And and uh there's you can read, I would encourage you to go and study all of the different accounts 
Uh, this one gives some, some details of the, this trial before Pilate. Uh, he doesn't talk about them taking him to Herod and then coming back to Pilate. That does happen as well. It's not, John doesn't mention it because it's not necessarily essential to the, to the overarching um, point of the, of the text. But, but here Jesus arrives before, before Pilate and, and uh, you know, this, this palette, palace is it's a Gentile area and, and Jesus was taken in there and, and he's rendered unclean by going into it. Now, uh, the, the, it's, it's amazing to me, the Jews, they don't want to be unclean, so they don't go into this Gentile area. They stay outside so they can stay clean. But what are they doing? They're about to break the sixth commandment and the ninth commandment. Uh, do not murder. Do not give false testimony. They're, they're bringing... They're, they're, they're making themselves unclean, but, but it's because they don't care about that really. Even that law of cleanliness was not a law from the Torah. It was actually made up by its rabbinical law that was added. It was part of that hedge that's around the law just to protect you from the law, but it became the law and you could actually be punished in similar ways to breaking the actual law, which that can happen in our religious world ourselves. Here's the, here's the biblical guidance. Let's create this rule around that. And that's how we have all the religious things that we have. And, and, and they, they, they don't really care so much either. So Pilate comes out and, and, and asks about these charges against Jesus. And they give an interesting, they give an interesting response. And, and they say, uh, so Pilate went outside and he says, what accusation? And, and their answer is this. If this man were not doing evil, doing evil is the charge. If doing evil is the charge, we're all cooked. We, we're, we don't have a chance. The, the, they're, they're so deceived. Basically what they're trying to say, effectively saying, trust us. He's a criminal. If it weren't so, we wouldn't bring him to you. Trust us. There's no truth in any of that. And since no charges are presented, Pilate tells them, hey, go out and, 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 and deal with them yourself. Use your own law. They were allowed, as the Jews, they were allowed to, to have certain, uh, to, to, to do certain things that their law allowed. They weren't actually allowed to kill. Uh, they, what you see in the book of Acts with Stephen stoning, that was against the law. They shouldn't have done that. That was, that was actually uh, against Roman law for them to, to do that. But they did it anyway. But since no charges are presented, and, and, and Pilate tells them, and then, and then, it, gets, then it gets heated between them and Pilate. G the Jews wanted Jesus dead. They, they, there's an old saying that goes, uh, if you can't find a lawyer who knows the law, find one who knows the judge. Because then you can get your way. And... and Basically, do whatever you can to get what you want. And what they wanted was Jesus gone. They wanted him dead. In verse 32, John is referencing what Jesus had said earlier in, in John chapter 12, in uh, verse 32. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Uh, that's, that's what, this is something Jesus had said uh, many, many days earlier. Uh, but, but he's referencing uh, John in verse 32 of chapter 18 is referencing this response that Jesus himself gave, that, that this is what's going to happen when, he's, when he's, he's referencing the cross. I'm going to go to the cross and people will come to me. 
in, 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 in Deuteronomy 21, they, they not only wanted to, to kill Jesus, they wanted him, they wanted him to be, uh, they wanted him to be cursed. And Deuteronomy 21, verse 23 says, cursed is anyone hung on a tree. That was their goal. They were not just wanting death. They were wanting him to be completely cursed and not, in their minds, not have a chance at all. Of course, we know we get to see the other side of it, and we know that, 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 that ultimately God wins, but, but this trial, this supposed search for truth was really not a search at all. But Pilate here continues to go looking for truth, and he, and he questions Jesus, and he, he says, are, you know, are you the king of the Jews? And, and Jesus, as Jesus often does, he doesn't respond to the question uh, directly. He gives a question. Who told you that? And because if he had, if Pilate really thought it, then Pilate would have gone after him. If somebody claims to be a king, Pilate wants him gone. The insurrectionist, we'll see Barabbas, he actually was going to be, he was an insurrectionist. He was someone opposed to the kingdom to, of Rome and, and was about to die on a cross as a result of it. Pilate had no reason to want to kill Jesus. In the other, in the synoptic gospels, uh, Pilate again and again tries to release him, tries to, finds every reason to let him go. But the Jews were going to have their way. They weren't going to listen to anything else. And Pilate is coming, try, trying to get this straight answer, and he doesn't quite get the straight answer, and he finally just washes his hands of it all. And he, of course, he, he, he then has Jesus flogged and all of those. So we'll, we're going to talk about the second half of this, this trial next week. But, um, but, but in verse 38, he's, he's frustrated and asks the question, what is truth? And he walks off. And he's got truth fatigue at this point. Probably a little frustrated by the early morning conversation about this hated Jewish carpenter from the sticks. You know, Pilate was only trying to figure out if Jesus was a threat. That's all he really cared about. And he cared about keeping his own position. And he thought maybe the Jews would have some sway in Rome. And so he could keep his position. So he gives in. A lot of people do this. A lot of us, maybe, maybe you're sitting there today. And you're ready to give up. And truth has become elusive to you. And you've become, you've become this kind of back and forth. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's where Pilate was. And Pilate, though he tries again and again, he, he gives in and, and ultimately turns Barabbas over. The real insurrectionist. And they, one of the most amazing things to me whenever I read, whenever I read the Matthew account of this is when the crowd is shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Let his blood be on us and on our children. In Matthew 20, that's, that's amazing to me, that call, that acceptance of the lie that Jesus was somehow guilty. Just one simple point today. What is truth? It's very simple, isn't it? No, it's not. It's, it's, if you read this, it seems confusing as if Pilate was confused. 
The Jews were not confused. They had made their decision. Uh, the, the, there was a guilty sentence before they even walked into the place, what brought him before Pilate. And Pilate made this weak attempt, but, but has a typical response when trying to figure out religious truth, and that is frustration and skepticism and apathy. And everybody's saying something different. You don't know what to believe. To the Jews, Jesus is a criminal. To Pilate, he's just a hick from Galilee. And, 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 and everybody, and, 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 you know, to Jesus, he knew he was king, that not a king of this world. But the question must be asked, what is the truth? Maybe you've felt that frustration. Maybe you've asked that question. Maybe you've felt frustrated in your own faith at times because we have so much fake out there. And people, you have fake things all over the place. There's fake news and fake this and people claiming to be other genders. And, and currently you have a white Hispanic Miami police chief who's claiming to be black. Uh, you know, is it, it, you have people questioning, is the coronavirus from bats or is it or is it a bioweapon that the Chinese are trying to attack us with? Or 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 is it this this political thing true or not? Or this financial thing true or not? Where do you what do you do? You try to turn turn to the church and and in and, and in the religious world, there's so much confusion. All roads lead to heaven. That's not what the Bible teaches, but that's what so many churches, all roads, do it however you want. We all worship the same God. No, we don't. That's not true. Who do you believe? Can't trust the news, can't trust the government. You turn to faith and religion and think, man, can, can we trust? Can we trust that? Well, I would hope so. You can trust the Bible. And hopefully you don't walk out here saying, I don't know who to trust. I'll tell you who to trust. Trust Jesus. Truth is under attack and it's under attack in the church. And the things of, uh, that, that, that should be clear to us, sin shades them and makes them seem like they're not true. And we begin to, we begin to have this difficulty of the difference between object truth and subjective truth and, and all this back and forth. Truth is under attack. You have those two different types of truth, subjective truth and objective truth. Who, who likes mushrooms? So that is a subjective truth. You like mushrooms. I think mushrooms are disgusting. Cooked mushrooms are like slime to me. I don't do slime. They, they are. It's like, that's, it's just my opinion. If you want to if, if bring pizza, don't bring mushroom pizza to me. I like lots of meat on my pizza. I'm a meatitarian. I don't do fungus. But it's a subjective truth. In that case, subjective truth is okay. You can like slime if you'd like. I don't like slime. But it is true that mushrooms, the objective truth is that mushrooms are fungus. Right? That's the, that's the absolute truth. That's, nothing can change that. 
It is just true. I don't have to like them. They're just fungus. I, I don't need fungus. But you, you get the point? You have a different objective truth and subjective truth. So the question is, really, does objective truth exist? And the fact is, yes, it does. Truth stands on its own. But what people want you to think is that, that there's no objective truth. It, it, and, and, you know, the question is all truth relative to the person. Is your truth your truth and my truth my truth? In a, a research study, a Barna research study, one among adults and one among teenagers, people were asked if they believe that there are moral absolutes that are unchanging or that moral truth is relative to the circumstance. By a three-to-one margin, 64 to 22% of the adults said that truth is always relative to the person and their situation. The perspective was even more lopsided among teenagers, 83% of whom said moral truth depends on the circumstance. Only 6% of whom said moral truth is absolute. This is why so many people say that's just your interpretation. Or, or what's true for you isn't necessarily true for me. Or I have to live my truth. Your truth may not be true. Truth is not always relative, far from it. In, in today's world, you know, if you, if you stand on, uh, on absolute objective truth, especially in religion, you're called bigoted and judgmental and narrow and exclusive. But objective truth is inescapable. You can't get away from it. You, you can't do anything about it. That truth is apathetic to how you feel or what you think. Two plus two is four. We all agree with that. Regardless of where you live, it's four. Or where you, when you lived, it was four. Regardless of the language you speak, it's four. The color of your skin, it's still four. If you can't pay your bills, two plus two is still four. Regardless of whether you believe it or not, it's still four. Whether you like it or not, it's still four. You may try to change it, but it's still four. It's an absolute truth. It is objective and inescapable. You cannot do anything about it. Is it narrow-minded and judgmental to state two plus two is four? No, it is not. When it comes to following Jesus, though, you have to make a choice. You either conform to that truth, two plus two is four, or you deny it and suffer. Subjective truth has its place. It gives you the opportunity to enjoy slime on your pizza <laughs> and me to enjoy meat on mine. It, but, and, and it's important to our lives. I, I, love, I love things that are different. I enjoy many varieties of foods and many varieties of colors and, and, and all of those things. Nothing, we don't have to look the same. We don't have to dress the same. But when it comes to things that are from the Bible, we cannot differ. When it comes to salvation, 
there is only one truth, and that is Jesus. Whenever Jesus says in John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Jesus is truth. And knowing him is knowing God, and that's the only way to know God is through him. How are you going to know about God? Even more is through one another, through the church. 1 Timothy 3, verse 14 and 15. Although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. So Jesus is the truth. How is the truth seen? It's seen through us. It's seen through the church. That is the truth. The reality is physically expressed on earth, on earth today. Excuse me, getting my letters mixed up. On earth today through his church. And there is, there, is, there is objective truth that Jesus is it. He is the truth. He's an objective reality that does not change, change based on perspective or emotion or circumstances or schedule or political agenda. Christ died for our sins he was buried and was raised again on the third day, and that is the truth. He paid the price regardless of where you live. That is truth. He knew you and loved you before time began, regardless of the language you speak. That is truth. If you're a baptized follower of Jesus today, you are forgiven regardless of the color of your skin or what country you come from. That is truth. If you're not a baptized disciple of Jesus Christ, you are not forgiven, and that is true too. If you can't pay your bills, having tough time in life, God's power works through our weaknesses, and that is truth too. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Whether or not you believe it, it's still true. By one sacrifice, he has been made perfect forever. Those who are being made holy People may not like this or agree, but it's the truth. Regardless of how much you may try to change it, regardless of who you might want to listen to, Jesus is the truth. And it's amazing that we get to enjoy that truth, that we get to be amazed by that truth. It's such a relief that we can hold on to that absolute truth. My question is, are you holding on to it today? They are inescapable, objective truths, and they stand on their own. And they're not relative to your feelings, your situation, your circumstances, your bank account, the color of your skin, your background, how much sin you've been involved in. It doesn't matter. Jesus is available to us all. One of the, one of the cool things that I learned recently in studying this text with the staff was, was something that Ed pointed out to me. If you look at Barabbas's name. That name Barabbas, Bar is son, and Abba is father. It was the most plain name you could have, son of father. Basically saying, every man. That was his name. 
Isn't that who we want to be? We want to be Barabbas. If you're saved today, you are Barabbas. You've been forgiven. Though you were guilty of insurrection, trying to rise up against God himself because of your sin, you get to be set free. What an incredible blessing it is that you get to be made new. You are not, you, you don't have to be a criminal. This is really annoying. I'm sorry. This is just, this, this, we need to fix this mic stand. If you aren't following Jesus yet, let me ask you, what side of truth do you want to be on? Do you want to be that subjective reality? Your truth is yours and mine. is That's not truth. And that's why there's so much insecurity. That's why there's so much fear in the world. That's why so many people are in such despair. Hey, let me just look around. Let me just, just look around at each other. And, and, and I want you to understand something. You're all, we all have despair we all have challenges. We all have difficulty. School is challenging. Work is hard. Life stinks sometimes. But if you're following Jesus, it's going to be okay. The truth is, Jesus can fix it. We sing the song all the time. I like to look around sometimes whenever I hear you, whenever we're singing. And sometimes we're singing songs, you know, like, Jesus will fix it. And people are, Jesus will fix it. Or, or you know, this, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through this world. But we get so used to saying it. Do you understand what you're saying? This world is not our home. Do you really believe that, that the truth is what it is? There is no in-between. Look at this passage. And in, in, I don't know where I am in this thing. You have to choose. There is no in-between. The fence belongs to the enemy is what I like to say. Because you can't ride the fence. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. But it's available to us all. Following Jesus is available to us all. What is truth? It's Jesus becoming a man being unjustly treated, beaten, flogged, hung on a cross, only to burst out of the grave on Easter morning, showing us the way to come out of our own graves. That is the truth. Your choice is whether or not you're going to believe it and apply it to your lives. Let's choose Jesus today. Amen. Thanks so much.